Live in Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity is committed to fostering an inclusive and diverse work environment where differences are valued, practices are equitable, and employees experience a sense of belonging that allows them to bring their full, authentic selves daily. As medicine's largest network, there's an elevated level of responsibility to everything we do. We don't take that responsibility lightly and are committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. So if you want to learn more about Doximity, go to your app store and type in D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. Again, that's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate. And man, you know, there are people like in your entrepreneurial creative journey that if you're blessed enough to experience it are just early supporters and like they just support you. They just give you a chance. And I'm going to tell you, for black creatives, we need that. Like we don't always need a bunch of education. Sometimes we just need a chance. And I'm just super thankful. Like there's like a handful of people that have just given me a chance, that gave Living Corporate a chance back when we were just a single podcast, before we became a network, before we put all this investment into our website, before we grew to have the listenership that we have, before we had all these partnerships with Pfizer and LiveRamp and other brands, like before all that, before we had the job board and we started promoting Doximity and Textio and Grav, before um, our conversations with Henry Shine and... Accenture and Dropbox and Twitter, like before all of that, before we had any of that, there were people who just gave us a chance, right? And I just want to really want to be shout out and give my flowers to Rod at the Black Guy Who Tips because he just gave me a chance. Like he gave us a chance. We had like five pods, like we were five pods in, I want to say. And Rod was like, "Uh, all right, yeah, I'll let you, I'll come by. And I just appreciate him, man. And I just and I think it's just super dope. Like just shout out to like people who are authentic and are just willing to give a little bit of their time. We're in this like environment where everything is so transactional and you know what's in it for me without like no like very little like trying to pay it forward or give it just give folks a chance. Um and Rod is one of the people that continues to inspire me and remind me to like continue to lift as I climb because he just makes time. And then not not only has Rod been on my pod, but then he's invited me to his show and has invited me again. Right. His, it wasn't like like he like he is. I consider him a true colleague um, in this space of just digital media because he's he's just been a blessing. I straight up. He's been a blessing to me. And I've told him that on on mic i've told him that off mic i just really appreciate him and shout out to karen as well like the black guy who tips is a phenomenal show um and of course like that's what we actually have on the pod today on the show today is rod from the black guy who tips we talk about his journey we talk about the work that he's been doing with game theory a show hosted by bomani jones known mainly known from espn but also is like a huge name if you know anything about sports media and frankly just like just phenomenal writing and thought leadership like Bamani Jones is a name that like continuously will be at the top of those lists Um, but we talk about his experience as a writer we talk about his journey as a comedian Um, 
or just with comedy rather and just what it's like creativity really look like in these spaces um, in an authentic way and so I just want to again like give my flowers to Rod give my flowers to Karen I genuinely love and appreciate you both like y'all have helped me out quite a bit just by giving me a chance and so I hope that y'all hear this I hope anyone listening to this if you're in a position to like lift as you climb go ahead and do that right like you don't know you know who the next big name is going to be or how um, you just giving a little bit of your time can be a huge blessing to somebody else. I know we're incentivized to be hyper individualistic and to only care about ourselves, but I'm telling you there's a blessing and genuinely just, I'm going to say it again. Y'all say it with me, giving folks a chance. All right. Uh, Cause there's some consistent folks out there. Last thing I'll say before we pivot is you know, people reach out to me often and ask me about making a podcast or, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do with their podcast. They ask me for advice and we, we talk about it in this conversation that you're going to hear in a little bit. Y'all, the simplest advice is honestly the most real advice. It's not about like what mic you use or like even how you market your pod. Y'all, the first step. And having an effective and a successful growing podcast is being consistent. It's being consistent, right? So if you have a plan to publish every week, then publish every week. Don't be taking three, four weeks off or taking every other week off or recording for four or five weeks and taking a week off. You have to record and be consistent, right? And it's so interesting because like, you know, folks be like, well, I don't really feel, um, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like recording. And it's like, that's not what it means to be consistent. Consistency is not about your feelings. Consistency is about your commitment. Right. And so you have to own consistency first. And frankly, you don't have to be consistent with your podcast. If you don't care about your podcast growing, if you don't care about it getting any type of actual listenership or consistent engagement, then you don't have to worry about that. But I would imagine you'd want some return on your time. So if you want return on your time for your podcast, and frankly, this applies to most things in life, you can't expect return and not be consistent. And podcasting is tough. Like the data shows like there's only a small percent of podcasts that even have like more than like 300 downloads an episode. All right. It's like very small. And a lot of that is because people are not consistent with their podcast straight up. There's other things involved. But I'm going to tell you something. You got to be consistent. And again, this is really applicable to a bunch of stuff. Your health, mental, physical, spiritual, your health, Uh, a blog, your business, uh, your career development, right? Practicing an instrument, learning a new skill. You have to be consistent. And I again, that's another reason I really look up to Rod. And I'm excited about this conversation. The Black Guy Who Tips has like thousands of episodes. Like they have been they publish like every day for they've been doing this for years right that's inspiring i love consistency consistency is sexy y'all consistency is attractive consistency is what really can just make the difference like not even talent now if you're talented and you're consistent you're unstoppable and that's why rod and karen are so successful because they're both consistent and talented but you can be kind of eh but if you're consistent hey yo you'll break through you know what i'm saying another person i think about when i think about consistency it's Toby uh, Inigwe, who's a rapper uh, based out of uh, uh, A-Leaf from the West, Houston, uh, but A-Leaf specifically. 
and or the SWAT. Since I'm since I'm gonna speak on him, let me let me give all the actual like appropriate um, designations. But he was consistent, right? He dropped like a video. I want to say every Sunday for like a year or two, right? He was consistent, and he and then so it looks like he blew up. But from his perspective and people who follow him, he didn't just blow up randomly. That was consistent over time. That was a seed that was germinated over with consistency for. 50 plus weeks, right? You got to put in your 10,000 hours. You just have to. It has to be a consistent 10,000 hours, straight up. Anyway, with all that being said, I'm really excited about this conversation. I'm excited about y'all checking it out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a second. Living Corporate is brought to you by Textio. Today's top talent is everywhere, representing everyone. And our work environment should reflect the level of inclusion to meet that standard. Textio achieves this in building more equitable company cultures through the language we use in our job postings. That culture is formed one hire at a time, making the words we use to reach more diverse candidates all the more important. Our advanced language insights and employer brand content is what drives our mission of inclusion. Through our industry-leading application of artificial intelligence and machine learning, we're able to widen companies' reach and finding and building upon the very diverse talent that empowers a culture of belonging. Every door should be open to every qualified job seeker. Again, that's Textio. This episode of Living Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a safe, trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals. Head over to teamblind.com to get the latest insights into salaries, company reviews, and interview experiences at thousands of companies worldwide. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, let's talk about finding the right side hustle for you. Lately, I've been getting a lot of inquiries from clients on how to figure out the perfect side hustle. Maybe you lost your job in the pandemic and are trying to rebuild your savings. Perhaps you need to save some additional coins for a particular goal. Or maybe you just need to offset all the money you're now spending thanks to this crazy inflation we've been seeing. No matter why you're looking to launch a side hustle, the key to any perfect side hustle is to find out what you're good at and do that. You don't want to just do what everyone else may be doing because market saturation is very real. So instead of looking at all the websites and news articles to figure out what side hustle you should take on, let's talk about how you can figure out what skills to leverage to build a profitable side hustle. First, look at what people ask you to help them with. Often our friends, family, and coworkers are much more aware of our skills and expertise. They ask for your help with that particular thing because they believe you know what you're doing in that area. Take a moment to think about and write down the last five things people have asked you for assistance with and who asked you. Talk to those people to understand why they asked you to help with that particular thing and what made them think you could help them. After reviewing their responses, ask yourself, do I think this is something I'm good at? And is this something I could see myself doing? These questions are critical to ensure alignment and fend off any potential imposter syndrome. Second, figure out what's missing from your current role. Assess everything you do at work and see what part might be missing. 
For example, if you work as a project manager for a software company, is there anything your company doesn't provide their clients? Maybe they don't have a customer success team that helps the client navigate the nuances of utilizing the system and understand the effects of the updates or feature enhancements. Since many companies solve problems at such a high level, it's easy for the niche items to be overlooked, and that's where you can really secure a bag. Not to mention, you already have a client list to call on. Just be careful that what you do isn't a conflict of interest or violates any non-compete agreements you may have signed. Lastly, think back on your career journey. Many of us start working or find ourselves in roles that we love throughout our careers, but the demand of everyday life requires us to take positions to get a raise, take on more responsibility, or climb the ladder. If there is something you already know, you're really good at, and you love doing, you can rekindle that old flame by turning that into your side hustle. When thinking about starting a side hustle, it's important to remember that it is a business, which means it's still work. It will require you to put in the hours to find customers, market, and sell your service or product. Try to keep your overhead costs low, and remember the words of the great philosopher Mariah Carey, I'm doing the best with what I got. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. brought to you by Doximity. Over 90% of graduating medical students join Doximity to use our tools before earning their doctoral degree. As medicine's largest network, there's an elevated level of responsibility to everything we do. We don't take that responsibility lightly and are committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. If you want to learn more about Doximity, make sure you go to your app store, type in D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. That's D-O-X. I am I-T-Y. This episode of Living Corporate is brought to you by Blind. Blind is a trusted community of more than 5 million verified professionals. On Blind, professionals connect and have honest discussions about salaries and what it's really like to work at or interview with a company. You can also join your private company channel to have a candid and safe conversation with your coworkers about what's really going on. And because it's anonymous, you can be honest and trust what you read. Check out teamblind.com to get the latest insights and the answers to your workplace questions. Oh my God, Rod, what's going on, man? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Man, Rod, dog. So first of all, it's cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure people tell you this all the time. Like you have like this thing where, first of all, uh, you're super easy to root for, right? Like both you and Karen, to be clear, both y'all are super easy to root for, but it's it's dope watching you continue to like do your thing. It makes me feel like, like, you're like it's like a cousin that you see like out there, like really <laughs> it's super dope, man. Um, you got to talk to me about like your progression in terms of, or not even progression might be the right, it might not be the, the right word, but like your journey. Cause like you, one, we know that you, you're a funny guy. Thank you. We know you're a funny guy. Like, you know, you've been making jokes and st- like you're you're a funny dude. But like to pivot like to to take all this and then join the writers guild and then be the writer for Game Theory, a show um on HBO, uh hosted by Bomani Jones. For those who don't know, put the link in the show notes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, talk mm-hmm. to me about how that happened. Cause I kind of of course, again, I'm looking, I'm admiring and learning from afar. 
I see, hey, look, you, you announced you know writers guild. Then it's like, oh, y'all, I'm, I'm up in New York. I'm working on something dope. And then <laughs> announcement type, right? Like, talk yeah. to me about how it, how, how did it all come together? Uh, so for those that don't know, um, I uh, write for his TV show Game Theory with Bomani Jones. Bomani Jones is a host on uh, ESPN. Uh, he has a number one podcast over there, and uh, he's had radio shows in the past. I used to call into his radio show. Uh, the morning Jones uh, when he was back on Sirius and uh, I would like in the last 15 minutes or so I just call and kind of recap and make jokes and pivot off of some of the thoughts that he had had earlier in the show and uh, it got to be a pretty routine thing because my break at work was always at that time and his show break like he the end of his show would be where he's like I'm running out of stuff to talk about y'all I don't know Uh, that would be at the same time so uh long story short we end up becoming like pretty good uh pretty cool people you know for that like you give each other's phone number text come back and forth he uh did our podcast once in person just stopped by the crib and and just recorded with us like real cool dude um and eventually the show goes away he ends up working at espn and stuff and you know timing and scheduling the different products it's not you're not, I wasn't able to contribute to those things, but I still was able to like root for it, listen to it, share it. And um, I remember a long time ago, he got laid off from like this radio show uh, before he even had the serious one. And I told him like, bro, I'm, I'm not one of these people that just tells people stuff that I think they want to hear. You know what I mean? But I said, uh, yeah, bro. Yeah you're a star like like i don't know what they were thinking but you are such a star they're gonna look back on this day and be like i can't believe we even had him here for this long and i know it probably don't feel that way because they're telling you like we laying you off but this is a blessing and bigger and better things on the way right and i believed it and that's what happened but it's funny because at one point when we were just kicking it i remember him telling me like you know man I want to have a, a TV show one day. That's my ultimate goal. And, you know, I would like, I would hope that like we get people like you, you know, you come on and write for it. And I was like, okay, bro, like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to blow smoke up my tail. And, right. You, you uh, ain't, you ain't got to gas me. Yeah. 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 Like I, I maybe you think this like a residual thing where like I said something nice to you. So now you got to say something, you say nice something to back. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But not nah, true to his word. He did have a, radio, a TV show. And uh, he had hit me up and said, you know, what I think about submitting a packet to the show. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you probably want to go with some professional TV writers and stuff. And, I'm, you know, I don't want you to feel like you owe me this. I definitely, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, here's the thing. It's a blind submission. So we won't, I won't even know that we're reading your stuff in that way. Like, um, but then two hundreds of people are going to submit so you might not even get chosen but it might be something good for you to like at least think about it and get in that vein so even if you don't write for this show you now know how to submit a packet and blah 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 i said all right cool you know um but the whole time i'm not even gonna front i was scared a little bit because i was thinking to myself like i'm gonna submit i'm gonna get through and then I'm gonna have to like move to New York or something or uproot my life. And I don't know if I want to do all that change. Um, because I was really that mm. confident in my ability, even though I hadn't done it before. Um, it was right. 
a lot of stuff like that is not can I do it? It's more to me anyway, these sort of things. I don't feel like is it a can I do it situation. It feels more like a do I want to do it and what would I do if I if I do well? You know what I mean? I'm not scared of failure as much as I'm scared of like changing based on success sometimes. And uh, I submitted. I got through the first round with flying colors. I got the highest scores and stuff. And I, I thought that was really cool. And then the second round I got through with high scores, but I think maybe like one person wasn't feeling it or something. Or like, I don't think I got any not passes, but I didn't get all all A pluses. Highest marks. Round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I made it through. I did the interview and, um, you know, I got the job. And then the next thing was, uh, can, when can you come out to New York and work out here? Man, so like, it's it's funny you talk about like you were already thinking about ah, it's, I don't really want it because it's gonna be a lot of change. And it's funny because I'm similar to that too. Like people are like, oh, you should try this. I'm like, nah, because if I do it, then I gotta get up and I gotta like move around. I don't know if I really want to. Like, talk to me about because you have other opportunities, and just like you're saying, Bo is a star. There's ten hundreds of thousands of folks, if not more, right, who who know that you're a star. So like. What was it about this particular opportunity that had you go for it as opposed to saying, eh, I'm going to shoot my shot somewhere else? Honestly, uh, as I, I'm happy with what we do. I think this is my dream doing this podcast, being an independent company, uh, working with my wife, making money the way we make it. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's clean. We're being ourselves. I don't ever feel like I'm selling out or, uh, you know, having to do something outside of my zone. Um and we work very hard at this, but um, with this opportunity, it was, and, and I told Bo this too, I would not have done this even if I would have passed on some other TV show and got, got on somehow like submitted and got through. I don't think I would have done it, but for Bo, like I really believe in that dude. I think he's a really good dude. I think he deserves everything that's happening to him on the positive right. side. And as a fan and, you know, and I would consider us friends, you know, like I will fight as hard as I will fight. I knew this. If he got me on the staff, he wasn't going to get nobody that worked harder. Like I might like, even yeah. if I didn't know how to do something, I might not be the most knowledgeable or the best, but he wasn't going to get anybody that would work harder. And, you know, in a way I'm proud of that. Like, you know, no days off for me. I, I got up there. I worked. I never missed a day of work. I never got sick. You know, I didn't get COVID or anything. I kept my mask on at all times. Like, um, I was grinding. And I don't, I, that's the one thing I can say I had that I don't know that someone else would have had, you know, because it wouldn't have been a priority yeah. to them. They, they would have been like, oh, this is a job for me. And I was thinking like, yo, it's a job, but it's also me being put in a position to look out for my homie. And I did everything I could to make that happen. Well, I mean, y'all got renewed for season two. So shout out to you and the team over there. Shout out to Bo and all the work y'all are doing. Man, like, for those who don't know, myself included, like, bring me into the writer's room. Like, mm -hmm. you know, is it, like, what's that process look like? And it, it would seem as if, one, you kind of have to have an open mind, but then two, you kind of have to have thick skin because it's like, y'all are all bringing ideas to the show like skits or segments or whatever the case is like walk can you give me a high level of like how that works okay yeah so in the writers room i had never been in one before but it's a collaborative thing 
You definitely need thick skin and um, something I personally felt, and I don't think you need this, but it's something that helped me out because, you know, everyone has an ego, including myself. Um, I never fought, I never fought for a joke. So the way I looked at it was like, my job was to shoot, you know, I'm Clay Thompson, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. you give me the ball, you expected me to put the, put a shot up and don't mean I'm gonna hit the shot. Don't mean you're going to like the shot, but the goal is to shoot. And at the end of the day, if you if you tell me, Rod, I need you to make 10 attempts at a joke. I'm going to have 10 attempts for you, you know? And uh, for me, uh, there were times I that I, you know, would feel like, man, that's not a fair critique, but they didn't give my joke a fair chance or, you know, mm-hmm. this other joke that they're going to use to me doesn't feel like it's a better joke than mine, but they think it's better. Cool. And then there was, so like that happens every once in a while, but thing for me is I never really got upset about that or bitter about that because I felt like the people I was working with as small as our crew was they was all fire like everybody had something that they could do that I was like god damn you know what I mean like um, right my man uh like I could go through the list but like there were people that were better off the cuff you know so like it's one thing when someone tells you go sit in the room, come up with 10 things and then come back to me in, in two days or whatever. Cool. It's yeah. another thing where it's like, guys, we got to record in an hour. The joke that we thought was going to work doesn't work or the news story changed. So we need to change what we're saying. What can mm. we say that's funny and clever and we got an hour to get it right? That That's mm. a whole nother skill set. And that was one I had to like really like hone in and watch other people work. Cause I was learning so much from these people. I was, every time someone came by my office, I was basically interviewing them. You know what I mean? Like, what have you worked on? What yeah. did you do? How did you get this skill? And so that's a big thing. There's competitiveness, obviously. Um, and then learning people's roles and stuff and, and how they, they work that stuff. So that was the main thing. Um, trying to think what else in the writer's room I, I feel like the main the main those were my main approaches was I treated like collaboration I was always trying to be a person that would I was given I was trying to be the person that would yes and stuff rather yeah. than shut stuff down because you know sometimes the, there's other people whose job is to shut stuff down and that's right. fine but I, I would feel like sometimes you encourage the person and you actually get a better you get a better joke from encouragement than discouragement, I think. And a lot of times I felt like we got good stuff. And, you know, my main thing was everyone who worked with me liked me and had a good time and wanted to work with me and stuff. And that meant a lot to me because with that many people, that many egos, that many creative people, there were of course some people that were going to clash with each other, but to be in a position where they wouldn't, they, none of that ill will seem to be pointed towards me. That was really like a a wonderful feeling. I mean, like I said, right. Like you're easy to root for and you're genuinely a nice guy, right? Like I, I, and I hear you and I agree, like this idea of like, to your point, like, Oh, that's not going to work or whatever the case is. It's like, there's a whole bunch of people that you're not ever going to see. They're going to tell, they're going to say what's not going to work. Right. 
that you, you know what I'm saying, that that are not, again, like in the foreground. So you might as well just like create and then let right. other people trim and snip or cut or whatever, because ultimately also it's like this, ask, that could be draining and annoying and discouraging to work with. It's like, all right, yeah, that's not, okay, great, cool. So, all right, what do you think then? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and I mean, so like, different people have different parts of the process. So, like, to me, I'm going to shoot you ideas until I'm out of ideas. If you're in a place where you don't want to hear any ideas, if you don't like anything, I'm going to leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. like, I'm giving you as much as I can, but then you're putting yourself in a position where you got to come up with something or you you know you're looking for that a lot of times in the room you're looking for that thing that doesn't exist yet and y'all trying to breathe life into it so when somebody's in that frame of mind they might be frustrated because they're not getting that feeling yet they're not getting that vibe like this is good um this is a slam dunk and because a lot of ideas don't feel like a slam dunk right away um but as you start working on it and chiseling and crafting it it can feel like that by Sunday. And our goal is to get it that way by Sunday, you know? So uh, yeah. a lot of times that would be the process is like, how do we chisel this thing down? But I enjoyed the work so much and I, it was working a way that uh, you could feel yourself getting better, but it also was something I was already innately kind of good at, like making funny stuff up off the fly. I've been doing it my whole life. So um, I had a lot of confidence that together we could get it done. And, I feel like that's exactly what happened. So I feel like we could talk about game theory all day, but this is the thing. Game theory is not all of who Rod Morrow is. Uh, and uh, and frankly, you know what I'm saying? I really want to talk to you about this podcast stuff. Now, mm-hmm. let me say this off top. You know, for folks who don't know, if you haven't been listening to the show for a while, I look at Rod and like two or three other people really as like, like the God – I'm not gonna say godfathers because we're trying to be more which we're growing, Rod. Like we're we're mm. we're expanding, we're progressing. God parents, the God people, the okay. the God people, the God days, the God days yeah. of of this of of podcasting straight up. Like I really do, man. Like talk to me about like the black guy who tips and like where it's at today. Mm-hmm. Um, like and if and if the answer is hey, like we're still doing what we're doing, that's cool. But I really wanna I wanna ask that question first because it it does not cease to amaze me that y'all are pumping out content every single day. Like that is mm-hmm. super fire to me. Like, but give me like, give me like a pulse check on what's on what's happening in that ecosystem right now. Um, so, you know, mostly we just, we're grinding, you know, we work, um, make a, you know, try to make a, a good product every day. Um, I've always said when it comes to podcasting, you really, you, you can make whatever you want to make it. So don't do, don't worry too much about what people tell you won't work. Um, And that's a big thing for us. Thank God we started our show 12 years ago, almost 13 now. So it was really before all the podcast experts came in and told everybody how to make a podcast. And of course they modded, molded it after what white people were already doing in the space. And so everyone's (laughs) idea is you make a weekly show. That's very short. uh, That, that, has a lot of listeners and makes a lot of money. It's like, well, that's cool if you can swing that, but it ain't going to happen for 99.99% of y'all. And it ain't because yes. your minutes, it, it won't be because of the length of your show or how often you put it out or whatever. It's going to be because of how much work you put into it, period. Um, right. And so, and, and luck. And let me just say that too, luck, because you need somebody to give you a chance 
you need somebody to uh to stay with you you need somebody to maybe give you a cosign so at the blackout tips currently uh we're independent podcast uh we're on all platforms uh maybe a year or two ago we were on spotify exclusively because we had a deal with them for a while um we're making money through our subscribers for our premium stuff and we're making money through uh anchor has a they host our podcast and they have this thing where you can like insert ads. So we're making money through that. Um, and creatively, I feel like it's just a good vibe. We're, you know, we're stuck in a pandemic like everybody else. Um, or I guess we're stuck in a pandemic and people doing what they want to do at this point, but, uh, I like yeah, but we're sitting here, uh, every, uh, was that, was that carried in the background? Know, yeah, that's Karen laughing. Yo, please tell Karen I said what's up. That is hilarious. Back said, hey, Karen. <laughs> uh, but we're 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 stuck in a pandemic. So honestly, the podcast is probably keeping us sane to have a couple hours a day where we talk about stuff rather than, you know, just sitting in the house not talking much or, you know, uh just working and no fun or something. But uh we're doing the show. We're and not right now, um, we're getting some good guests because since I've been back in Charlotte, I've been able to like, since I know my schedule a little better, been able to like book a few more people and stuff like that. We had Roy Wood Jr. on the show recently. Yeah. We're going to have uh, yeah. Kev on stage on the show next week. As, a, as yeah. a, Hopefully everything goes right with that. So like, you know, we're just in a good creative grind right now and uh, uh, having more fun and, 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 and delivering more uh, takes every day. Man, you know, it's it's interesting, like, you know, living corporate, we also, we were in a, a little bit of a um, a network deal as well with, uh, I'm about to forget, Westwood One. I think that was actually around the time I was on y'all's pod, actually, Yeah. Um, that um, we talked about it, and then, you know, we got out of that. Talk to me about your experience, like, with Spotify and, like, how that came about, and then also, like, not why you're still in the independent lane, but, like, what you appreciate about this lane compared to Spotify. Okay, so a couple of things. They approached us um, to be part of this, like, program that they had where they were trying to, like, bring in people, people of color, different marginalized groups and stuff and independent podcasts and, like, see what it would be like to put them on a Spotify pro uh, platform and then, like, make them exclusive. And then you would work with Spotify where they were actually, like, on a trajectory that like kind of make you a, try to make you a household name, try to make you like a podcast star. That was going to be conferences and training programs and flying you out and be on panels and all this different stuff. But the pandemic happened. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> the pandemic happens and that whole program and the stuff that they had planned for us <clears throat> takes a significant hit. Right. Cause it's like, Spotify literally sent and still has sent every employee home. Uh, like, I don't think they've even brought, mm. like some of them can work from home forever now. And so the whole point of going to the Spotify offices and doing all this stuff is that, that just becomes moot. Um, and a lot of the stuff they were planning, they just kind of drop. So we have a deal. It's like you get paid a certain amount per month, uh, they don't touch, you know, we really, cause we kept saying no to the deal, to be honest, when we first started, 
because yeah. we just didn't like the wording of some of the stuff and we wanted to make sure we protected our ip we wanted to make sure yes. we protected uh the money that we already earned through subscribers and that we wouldn't yes. be forced to do, like use spotify as a as our only subscription thing where they end up getting a percentage and then our our listeners are all tied to spotify and whatever whims they have at their corporate office so we had to defend the protect a lot of our stuff and so we fought 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 um and i don't mean fight but like you know hey i know what you mean yeah like this we 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 read over this we had to look at this yeah exactly we had to advocate for ourselves and so we said no a few times <laughs> like, yeah. like hey y'all seem like cool people maybe we could start a new show if y'all want but we've heard these nightmare stories <laughs> about podcasts that like work with people and then they end up losing all their shit they don't own anything yes um and i was like you know even with the episodes we do for y'all like those will technically be your episodes so we will lose this audio if this deal doesn't work out and um and they were coming off of like the people, you know, like Joe Budden complaining about working with them and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm sure they yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they were well aware of the way creatives were like wary of this big company. Looking and at so, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But uh, they ended up agreeing to basically every term that we had. And then the only thing for us was we just had to make, could we live with what we signed? And the main thing was, the episodes we did at Spotify, if they wanted to, they would technically be able to say, hey, these are our episodes. You can't just take those with you. And so we said, sure, let's do it. You know, we'll, and then if everything comes to fruition from what they promised, we'll be good, you know? And so we did that program for yeah. a year, all the training, all that stuff. But during the pandemic, it's just, they did not have the resources and they and a lot of stuff just got canceled that they couldn't do. And eventually, at the end of the first year, they decided to let everyone in the program uh, to to end the program for them. But obviously, you keep your money. We got our bonus, and they say you can keep your yeah. episodes too. And their main oh, thing that's was fine. Like, yeah, exactly. Their main thing was like just don't um, don't badmouth us if you know what I'm saying. Like if like if y'all haven't, don't say this is a bad experience if it wasn't. Basically. Um, let people know we was fair right, to right, right, whatever. Right. And uh, I was like, yeah, I would have done that no matter what. That's not a, you know, I'm not yeah, the kind of person yeah, that gets about? off on on that. You know what I mean? Like, man, F Spotify, y'all know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I, I'm not that guy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we it was a very fair thing. I think the main thing, and then we learned a lot. Uh, the main couple of things I'll say we learned. One, when it comes to Spotify, they can make you as popular as they want you to be. Like whenever they would promote us with their, like they can do this thing where people that listen to similar podcasts, they get a pop up when they log in. It's like, hey, have you heard of the Blackout Test podcast? You might like it because you listen to so and so. And they would do that. They control the algorithm. Right. Every once in a while, they do that for us, and our numbers would go through the fucking roof, which, you know, meant that we, like, people would listen. That being said, if they didn't do it, our numbers would stay about the same. Um, and then the other thing was whenever you go exclusive to one platform, you lose those listeners who are on other platforms. You will lose a lot of those listeners. And when we get, went back to every platform, we still never got back to the previous numbers. Like it's 
we weren't like Damn. enough to where we wouldn't be making money and stuff. We clearly still make money doing this, but like you lose a lot but of still, people that though. are just yeah, people I call legacy subscribers. Like they they just have your podcast saved somewhere on the iPhone. They probably don't listen, but they just you know it makes the numbers look good that they download it or or play it or you know what I'm saying like just it makes it look good that it's on yeah their yeah phone. yeah. And so you lose those people because either they come with you to Spotify or they don't. And so uh, I think that was a big thing for us was like, oh, that's that's a lesson you learn. Now, we knew that was a risk. And thank God we went in with some money, you know, like it wasn't we didn't do it for free. So so it was like, all right, cool. We're making money off of the fact that we lost these listeners. But, yeah, those are the main things you can learn. Man, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I remember, like, when I went, first of all, again, I got to thank you for even letting me be a guest on uh, on The Black Guy Who Tis. I remember, but, like, at that time, it was interesting because I think, yeah, this was, like, right after uh, George Floyd was murdered, right? And mm-hmm. so, and so what happened was there was someone who was, like, essentially, like, a very liberal white woman over there at that network who was, like, hey, living corporate Y'all are doing all the things that we need to be bringing to this network. Westwood One, for people who don't know, know the same. They have like Dan Bongino and um, who's that dude to be talking in a nasally voice real fast? Um, mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, a lot of like a lot of right wing um, mm-hmm. voices on that network or whatever. And so they were like, we could kind of you could be like our differentiator. And and I was like, all right. I was like, well, I mean, like straight up, like our podcast is not as big as these podcasts so like are you sure and they were like yeah yeah yeah, for sure like and so then similar to your thing they gave us the paperwork and they wanted us to run a bunch of ads like a bunch of like um dynamic inserted ads which for us Mm -hmm. rod it's kind of weird because like we're on we're always talking about how racist corporate america is so it would be kind of weird if then like we backdoored with like some ad from discover that wasn't like authentic or whatever that would be like i mean it's mm. that just that'd be strange that that would not feel right to us and so um so yeah man and i think that and i was like right right before the pandemic um and like we finally had a conversation because i was like listen y'all like we're doing this we need to do this we need to do that. and like it just it was interesting man like the network stuff is is cool but if you have an authentic following i don't know man i've i've, I've continued to prefer like just having just being independent because I, I'm unless you're like a huge name, right? Like, and yeah, mm-hmm. I mean a big, big name and they're going to really have the finger on the button. You better, I, I, I would, I would say that you're better off, like just build it on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it can work different ways for different people. It's just, what are you comfortable with? What are your, um, what are you investing in it yourself? One of the things for us was um, we have the skill set because we started so early that we know how to do a lot of stuff ourselves. But there's a ton of people who, you know, a network might also mean that they're going to be going into a studio once a week, sitting down, Mm. letting somebody Mm. else record them. And then they handle everything with advertising everything with promotion uh putting the rss feed yeah. stuff together and so yeah you don't own it but it's just like a job that you have i think the right. issue for a lot of people and this may be like more of a millennial mindset and i'm gen x so it might be 
I think they started to feel like an ownership of it because they're, it, you know, a podcast is very much you and your personality. And then they feel entitled to like the content and everything whenever they just work in relationship dissolves and they want to go somewhere else or they want to like take yeah. their podcast with them. And these companies are not going to let them do that. So like the downside, of course, for them is, oh, I felt like I owned it, but I never really did. And then for me, I would have never felt like that. Like I, I would have, like um, when uh, For Colored Nerds was having issues with their with their thing, like I would have never probably felt that way of like, yeah, man, why don't you give me my RSS feed? I would have been like, I know why you ain't giving it to me because you're a fucking corporation and I would I never <laughs> trusted you motherfuckers. Um, so at any rate, um, I think that's the main difference, but I can understand the allure of doing it uh, with other people. Plus, let's be honest, in a lot of cases, those networks and stuff are a paycheck, right? It's like- Yeah, that's true. Hard, that's true. It's hard. Listen, as an independent podcaster, hey, man, you, you send an invoice out. It's like, man, these companies got the 30-day turnaround time on this stuff. 60-day, right? 60, 60, dog, 90. Right, like, you know what I'm saying? Like- you know, we've made deals with people where we made we made money while we while it was going on, but at the end we had to, had to run them down and chase them for our money, or they would be like, "Hey, we chapter chapter eleven or whatever." <laughs> like y'all gonna get what we got? You know, here's a small percentage of what we owe you. Um, right. So there's stuff like that where that could really hurt you if you're depending on that check every week. You know, so that that's, that's a, a big good thing. point, but. Obviously, yeah. I love independent. Like, I've never had to feel like we had to mince words on the show or, you know, say something because somebody made us say something, you know? So I think you're 100% right. And I think that that is a difference because when I when you when I first hit you up asking you for advice, like I already knew from the beginning and I told you this, I've said this on air on and off air is like I, w- I looked at the black guy who tips as a bit of a blueprint in terms of how to maximize your IP. And so mm-hmm. I always saw myself as like, yes, I'm talent, but more than talent, I'm really the pro- I'm the I'm the executive producer. Right. Like I'm really dry and I'm the owner. I'm trying to I'm thinking about this as a network. So you're mm-hmm. right. Like when I came into my net, my network deal, I was you know, they were like, oh, we can do the ad- we can do the um, graphic design and we can write up the descriptions and we can handle all of the RSS feed and we can handle the production. And I was like. We do that already. Like I already have my own team for all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but to your point, and to your point, like for a lot of folks, if it's like, yo, I'm doing this because I'm really trying to generate revenue, get this check, then yeah, like showing up, if, if it's like, yo, I can just sit down in this chair, I can be myself, I get up, I leave, and in like a month, I get X amount of dollars direct deposited to me or whatever, then that's that's cool. Um but then for, I think there's a, a lot of people definitely get into podcasts because I think it make money. Right. But then like for other folks, who's like, it's a passion. And it's like, yo, I really just love creating this content. Like I just, I like how it represents me. I think that's where the dissonance is. And I fear you, mm-hmm. I'm a millennial, but I'm not triggered, nor do I feel mm-hmm. deeply offended. <laughs> right. um, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But I, you're but right. You know, though. I'm, you're like, right. It's a different... No, you're hundred percent right. Yeah, like you're like, yo, you mindset. just showed up. You yeah. just showed up like you just because just because we put your face on something and just because you gave a couple hours of your time to like be the voice on something. That's not the same as you owning something like you are right. like no disrespect. You are like you are you're a, you're a, a, a mascot. You're a rep. 
Right. Right. But like, don't get it twisted. Like we could get some, we can, we have analytics in the background. We can go get some other person with like 10,000 followers on IG and like gas soup them up in like a couple months and like come and swoop. Like, it's not a problem. Like we can do that. And I think you're right. Like there's a sense of, I think there's like, we, a lot of times my generation and younger and then across the board, but like there's, um, we have very loose definitions of what ownership means. You know what I'm saying? Like just, just because you're again, just because you're visible doesn't mean you're the owner. It doesn't mean that you're in charge. Yeah, It's this idea that like, it's this idea that you like owe me or something that I think is the the part where I'm like, yeah, I'm not, that's not, I, I, I would need to be able to believe in corporate America and companies a lot more for them to trick me. But as of right now, I don't even believe in them enough to even do the like, oh no, they they got me. I thought I thought they would do better than this. It's like, no, they're a company. <laughs> I think they're gonna do something bad. Uh yeah, no, I mean like like no 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 question there at all, man. Look, um I just want to thank you, man, again, like for being mm-hmm. being a guest on the show. You know, you have you're bringing on some really cool guests. Talk about like you have Kev on stage coming on. Shout out to Roy Wood Jr. He's also been a guest over here too. Really yeah, humble, nice, nice, nice guy, dog. Like it's crazy wow. sometimes, man. Like you know, you. I know you talked. We last time I think, or maybe it was a pot like the conversation before. We talked about like people don't know like what happens behind the scenes in terms of like how we get disrespected in terms of getting blown off or whatever. But I think the other thing to be said is like, yo, there are some really nice people out here too. Like you know, what I'm saying like, and that's that's been encouraging as of the past couple of years. Like, you know, and not that I thought Roy Wood was like super Hollywood, but he was like really down to earth. You know what I'm saying? Like some, and like Howard, mm-hmm. like Howard Bryant, like there's some, they're just people who are like, they're just people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, has there been any- that like, you know, it's, it's like if they were bad people, they could be jerks about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they have just enough notoriety, fame, and and charm, and all that stuff to be able to to be a jerk about it. And so it does say something about these people because it's like you meet them, you hope you're they're as nice as you want them to be, and then they show up and they are, and you're like, oh, well, that's lovely. You know, like <laughs> wow, well, look at you. You know, this is awesome. And and uh, so far, my uh, you know my career, my life has been filled with that type of interaction with people, um, and I'm glad yeah. for it. And uh, I also want to be, I mean, want to be, I am, and try to be that kind of person uh, when it comes to my my own way that I operate with people, you know? Man, yeah. I, I was actually going to ask, because you've had so many different folks on, um, you and Karen have had so many different folks on, like, is there anyone that was, like, so nice that you, like, you really ended the, the like, you and Karen got off the, y'all hung up and everything, and y'all said, damn, that was that was really pleasant. Like, was there anyone that was just like, wow, I'm really shocked at how kind or nice that person was? Man, you know, honestly, I can't, I, I hate to, to give a generic answer, but I really feel like everybody, I don't, we've only had a couple people in the time that we've done literally 2,500 shows. We've only had a couple guests that we were like, okay, that person was, that was weird, right? You know, like, but the vast majority of people, I mean, whether, whether it's like Janelle James or, uh, you know, Bomani or uh, yeah. Roy Wood Jr. or Kev on stage or whoever, like, the, these people have all, you know, Reagan Gomez. Like, every time we have somebody on, it's always like, man, that was really dope. But I honestly, 
credit us with that because we are a show that we're good show that and by good i don't mean just like good at, as quality but like we're good people and we don't put right. out that type of energy that would reward somebody or turn somebody into like a negative experience so we would never have someone on interview them ask them some type of weird question to put them on edge and then everybody's like you know like 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 it like hey did you see that fight on the blackout tips you're never gonna really get that from us so uh i would say we constantly have great interactions with people and and and, and i love it that way man now like rod like speaking of like y'all are good people um and it's a good show one thing i love is y'all do y'all have segments where y'all talk about different shows that y'all are watching I don't believe I've seen this on the Black Guy Who Tips yet, but I'm going to ask you personally. Are you watching The Boys? Yeah, yeah. I'm watching season three. I Actually, this morning, that was the first thing I watched this morning. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm addicted to it. Man, I watched it too. So, I, so you know, it dropped actually like around 8 o'clock Central Standard last night. I watched it last night. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, <laughs> what... When I first so I love the boys and I but I was like I man I really want to talk to Rod about this because my wife and I we watch it. <laughs> I'm constantly but I watch it and I'm constantly anxious like I'm waiting for somebody to blow up or yeah. get eviscerated in some like do you feel that way too or is it or or not so mm-hmm. much? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they know what they're doing with the show. It's so gross and it's so <laughs> shocking and violent that they constantly do want you on edge because I think that's the whole point of the show is like if there were people that had superpowers, it wouldn't be this like cool thing that it looks like in the Marvel Universe. It'd be much more scary that there's human beings that, you know, power would corrupt absolutely. And so, uh, and then just the way they executed on the show where you just see somebody's head, it literally explode open in the middle of a sentence. You're never going to be able to not see that and not think about that so you know you're gonna forever um be on edge watching these shows and that's exactly how you feel and spoiler alert spoiler alert everybody who's listening because i don't want any please don't email me mad because because i'm about to ask a couple other questions (laughs) about the boys now y'all know so you know you caught up now we're waiting on episode six episode six is going to be hero gasm man give me like your predict give me some of your predictions on on like how the season's going to end i would love to hear like what? You, like oh what do you man! Think? So this is a weird thing, right? I don't have any predictions to really give you. Um, I've never read the <laughs> comics on purpose. Once I heard there was okay. gonna be a TV show, I didn't even want the comics to spoil me. Even though I hear that it's very different, I can go back and binge the yeah. comics after the show's over, and, yeah. and get that same feeling. But yeah. uh, also, they're doing such a good job of twisting and turning the storylines. I don't really feel like. I, I have any idea how they're going to end it or what they're going to do. I just know they're getting another season after this, so it won't be like a finale finale. Um, but, I, man, things happen every episode that I'm like, I couldn't, I can't believe they did that. You know, like what they did with uh, <laughs> Starlight's homeboy, Supersonic. I couldn't even believe oh they did gosh. that. Oh, my gosh. Like, they built that they had him. They, he, they took this. They took their time. Like, there was an mm-hmm. interview before the show launched about that guy and how happy he was to be in the show. Man, they had him like more, worse mm-hmm. than slumped, lumped up, right? Right. Like stuff like that. And didn't even do it on screen. Like did it off Bruh. screen somewhere and they just show you him right. 
And it's like they're so willing to take chances like that. Um, and I, honestly, my favorite thing this whole season has been A Train's pivot to trying to be a pro black <laughs> star because he's losing his powers. And when they perfectly, this is the kind of stuff where like I, I'm like, man, if I had that job, that's what I would want to write. And when they perfectly yeah. parodied A Train doing the uh, uh, Kylie Jenner Pepsi ad. Yeah. Uh, yes, perfect. Yes. That is perfect. Like, Man, even when to the he, point where he, like the subtle stuff, like him pushing a protester while handing a cop a, a can of cola, like it's just so amazing. Whoever wrote it's like, that, it's like, like it's, so, bow. it's so it's so perfectly done. When he, so here's the thing. What I'm I'm interested, like if you have a similar perspective on how they capture, like the white liberalism of some of those, the white liberal talking points around around social injustice and everything, specifically through, and what's her name? Um, now she's the CEO, she'd be losing her head. Yeah. yeah. Um, she Like when they sat down with um, Blue Hawk and he was mm-hmm. like, it's important that we have the conversation. It's about doing the yeah. work. And I'm like, bruh, when I, if I can't, man, I can't even, if I had a nickel for every right. time I hear those phrases, dog, and yeah, my they little do- space, that show does corporate malfeasance so well. Oh and my God, yes. since the whole thing is about a um corporation that runs these superheroes, so you like there's an extra layer to the evil. Like they're not just like they're not just villains, quote unquote. They're like villains that need to be seen as heroes. So they're concerned about Q ratings and stuff like you know, stuff that literally is in a weird way is their only like people always say what's homeland homelander has no weakness and i'm always like no his weakness is he still wants to be liked that's his one weakness right it's the one thing you can threaten on that dude and be like well if you do this people won't like you and he's like well i can't have that you know what i mean so like corporations feel like that you know like it always feels like a corporation will and can do anything it wants. And the one thing we have against it is, Hey, we don't like what you did. And then they go, okay, Amazon will go ahead and pay people $15 an hour. I guess, even though they have all the power in the world and all the money. everyone's addicted to them and, and, and everyone wants that overnight shipping, but they want to be liked. And uh, I think that's what the show captures. So great. And tying that, to corporate culture is just smart man i'm gonna tell you it's it's there's so many moments um on that side and like to, to keep a thousand with you that's what i'm most anxious which probably speaks to some trauma i'm, I'm working through with my mm-hmm. therapist every week but like just every <laughs> time they're in the corporate office i'm like yo like what is about to happen this is crazy stan edgar juan carlo mm-hmm. esposito that, that character yes dog, he be talking he be talking to homelander like like he's a little boy. Yeah, man. Like it's such great writing. And Stan Edgar is not even a hero. He's just a guy that became a hero, quote unquote, because he could keep the worst person in check, you know, at the time. Right. Like it was like you're rooting for this guy, but I don't think he's a good guy. You know, no. <laughs> like, absolutely like not. He's, he's the one responsible for putting these people in the circulation in the first place, but you. You got to do what you got to do when it comes to uh, trying to stop this immediate threat. And I love that the show plays with that. Even Billy Butcher, he's not really a good char- like no, guy. He's, he's a great character, but 
you know, the, he, he, none of the characters on this show are Batman. You know, and by Batman, I mean Batman has his one rule, and he'll never he'll never shoot a gun, and he'll never kill somebody. And this this show ain't for that. Right, right. It's yeah. I mean, I was curious. Like I said, I was like, man, I really want to talk to Rod about. I really want to talk to Rod about this because it's just wild. It's been it's been intriguing to see. And then I, I, and that's okay. So I said all of that. I'm about to backdoor and say, after watching yesterday's episode, it was so much <laughs> for me that I was like, damn, I might need to like maybe wait a little while and maybe read the wiki. Like, <laughs> like, after, like Rod, after that, after that community center, that community center yeah. scene, I said, okay, no, this is, and then your man, he can't walk no more. I'm so, yeah. so it's funny. I asked, I asked you about predictions because I'm like, if I'm H, so A train, man. You mm-hmm. gotta be hoe of the year, man. Like he, like A Train. You gotta, you gotta do something, bro. You gotta go. Yeah. And I know they, I, I know they said, I know they said, look, if I run, it's like a rush roulette. I mess around, I might die. Hardest mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Your brother is incapacitated. You gotta, you gotta try. You gotta figure out a way. Well, you know what's funny is that this is the kind of show where he would try and die. Like it's that yep. kind of show. Like it's not the kind of show where he would try and we're guaranteed that he'll get a victory over this guy and show blue teach Blue Hawk a lesson. Like it's just as likely he starts running and has a heart attack and dies on the spot. And we're like, I guess Blue Blue Hawk's gonna be running around tritting unchecked from now on. <laughs> Great, just, just killing black folks every other day. Like it's just yeah. it's, it's so it's so it's tough, man. So, but yeah, I mean, again, like I've loved the show, and yeah. like, I, and I was like, man, they really know what they're doing in that. I am so on edge. It's like it's it's not like um when I think about um Stranger Things, I feel like Stranger mm-hmm. Things kind of kids. It's a it's a roller coaster, but it's like a kiddie roller coaster. Like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, yep, yeah, we're about to go up. Okay, we're about to go back down. The boys is like, we're at breakneck speed, and I might hit my head on this railing. Yo, I don't know if my the gate is tight enough. It feels yeah. it just it feels way more frenetic than like um than the other shows. I think another one example, like so Obi-Wan. Obi Wan, mm-hmm. great again. Like the pacing is, it's. I feel like you, I can, I can handle it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Speaking of which, I saw your tweet about about letting um, Reva force choke you, and oh yeah, um, oh, my God. sentiments are very. <laughs> Listen, tell me what's the safe word. Let's go. Like slam me up against the wall, man. Uh, <laughs> but not. Uh, I love that show too. That show feels a little more on the rails though because. Unlike the boys, they're playing with like licensed characters in a franchise, and we know the future for those characters. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We there's only so much they can do, but uh, it's just as brutal a world as the as the boys to me. Like, just because they don't show the guts and gore, don't mean it ain't brutal. Like, if you a regular person, yeah, in that universe. (laughs) You do you do not want it, okay? Like when Darth Vader shows up in a village and immediately just kills two people, walk Bruh. just to find Obi Wan, like just random people too, Bruh. like not even they were they just minding their nothing. own business, right? Rod, Rod, imagine, bro, that was crazy. When like they was, I just, I just think about your day. You know, you think about you get up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You wash your clothes. Mm-hmm. You chase your kids around. And then, like you probably, you probably just finished cooking whatever your little future grits. I don't know what they, I don't know what Star Wars mm-hmm. vittles look like, but you're cooking something, 
and and you know it's sunsetting, and all of a sudden you see this big black like cake yeah. monster, and he just throws you across the the town. That's like, bro. I was telling Candace, I well, said, yo, and then, I'm in these like, what's yeah. even worse is like he threw that dude across the town. The dude's son came out to like beg for his life. He broke that kid's neck quickly like, with no with didn't, even, didn't talk to him. And 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 it's not like the boys, because like in the boys, in the boys, I give the boys credit is Vought International gonna come back by back door and be like, yo, here's like fifty thousand dollars, like just be right. quiet, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Right. Nah, Empire, like, nah, yeah, your neck is broke. Whatever, let's move on. And then and the bro, Inquisitor's, and Vader, yeah. in the Inquisitor's ahead, Fortress, yeah. where they interrogate Jedi, there's yes. a they have like different um lightsabers built into the like thing of all the Jedi they kill. They have like a place where they suspend it. They like you know put these almost put them in like amber or something. They put these the bodies yeah. in the Jedi, and one of yeah. them one of them is a youngling. I saw that it was a whole child. They didn't even take the didn't even take the learner hat off. Just just take your whole body. We ain't gonna dust you off. We're gonna put you right here, like, little boy. Who's in charge Eyes of wide open. that? You know what I'm saying? Like, what stormtrooper is that his job? Like, all right, go get the cart. <laughs> Gotta bring back the body, put him in some amber, and and you know, this gonna look fly as hell in the new castle. <laughs> and look, and look, me, I'm over here still holding out hope, like, oh, maybe they like can suspend animation. Nah, bro. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. No, them niggas dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that those is are a, those that are dead a, bodies. Uh, yeah, that is a, a series where I do read the comics and stuff and know some of the backstory. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, them people that's in there are the dead dead. Like <laughs> they're dead. They not coming <laughs> back. Ain't no legends about the stories of how they got out of them blocks, man. They they they, they dead. And somewhere they interior decorated for the uh for the dark side was like, you know, it'll be hot if we backlight this amber and put a youngling yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, put a kid like right in the middle. It's a nice statement piece around after right next to this older alien Jedi, and then this yeah. dude. Let's just put this and let's then let's have his mouth wide over, open. Put some lightsabers over by this face here, you know what I'm saying? So when you gaze out onto the planets you're about to destroy, you can just, you know what I'm saying, stand over the the the, the, the dead lightsabers of the people you killed. <laughs> it's inspirational. <laughs> Uh, yes. so so it, it I, now here's the thing like I was over here and I'm still rooting for Eva to be clear dog when Vader walked through and that ship took off and he just moved his hand real quick and grabbed the whole ship bro right I, I think I threw my phone across my bedroom I said bro yeah man this yeah he grabbed that ship I said bro what is going on then you and then, you know he they they, they they dipped off then I said, Reva, I was like, Reva, you're moving too slow. Like you, you know, she mm. was like really trying to like wind up, bro. The fight, man. The fight Amazing. between Reva, bruh. Keep Vader in mind, I'm gonna use my own. Yeah. He never uses his own lightsaber. Ryan, and come on, man. He was he was blocking her with the force. I, the force. You don't want it. This <laughs> moving is her I, body. <laughs> This is what I always wanted to see from um, Darth Vader because he can do this kind of stuff in the comics, but you just never see mm-hmm. it on screen until uh, Rogue One has like four minutes of him, which is the scariest four mm-hmm. minutes in any Star Wars film they've yeah, ever had. Like an actual monster, yes. Yeah, and then this series has just rekindled the like fear of this man being on the screen, just this 
walking cheat code. And I'm go- I'm so happy for the kids today and for us who get to experience yeah. like what he's been in the comics because it's like, oh, this oh, explains yeah. so much about why yes. he was so scary in the first three movies. When he said, when he when he put his hand up and she was swinging, and at first she was like angry. You can see it in her face like she was really trying to kill him. And then when he kept on blocking her with the force and then pushed her back, then her, and again, like, and shout out to Moses, her acting, phenomenal. Because you look at her face, it went from being like angry to like, oh, no, I'm scared. I'm about to die. Because he then grabbed her with the force. I said, bruh, this dude is literally built different. Built and different. I, man, built different, dog. When he, um, at the end, oh, he's, he's, you know, you, you, he's, you really didn't think I, I, I knew it was you the whole time. Like, I, I knew you mm-hmm. was. I knew you was out to get your boy from the beginning. I was like, bro, this is when he insane. fought Obi Wan. When he fought Obi Wan, <laughs> uh, one handed, uh, but beat him, and then was throwing him in the fire. <laughs> just in that fire like, was like, and he was like, and I'm not done. This just to start. Like I'm not gonna kill you <laughs> yeah. right now. I'm just gonna burn you up yeah. a little bit, and then I'm gonna take you to the castle. We're gonna really get busy. Go to work on you. I said, man, this oh dude different. Gosh. <laughs> it's like, and this is this is the thing, like you know, like young. So, me me included us to a little bit, but certainly like, like um, like my nieces and nephews. If like you were to, sh- and my siblings who were like all like like right out of high school, if you were to show them the Vader from like the original trilogy, they might not be that scared because it kind of right. because they've seen, you know, they've seen scarier things at this point. That was damn near fifty some years ago, right? But. But like this Vader, this Vader is scary. Like, and, and you know, people, there's a whole conversation to be had. People, a bunch of folks mad about the second, the um, the the third trilogy or whatever. And I guess mm-hmm. you can have any you have your critiques, whatever. Some of y'all, y'all need to come on, yeah. y'all mega racist. But in terms of like, <laughs> maybe you don't like the maybe you don't like the plot line, maybe you don't like whatever. The one thing that Disney has done exceptionally well with this particular area of star wars like not mandalorian stuff like they have done vader extremely well right yeah you can't yeah, knock man. it yeah man look man look again i told you i just wanted to have you on kick it um the one thing i didn't tell you and i'm really excited about is like i gave you your flowers offline i want to give your flowers again and say like living corporate we're actually relaunching our entire site and like changing the entire layout, like getting, doing better spotlights for our guests and like mm. people going to create profiles and then we're going to like give you recommendations. So, because now I told you like we have like over a thousand pods. So if you're yeah. interested in diversity and inclusion or leadership, then we're going to push from our library. We're going to push content to you on your personal recommended page on your profile. And so Rod, like you're actually like one of the first pods as a part of our whole new relaunch and rebrand, man. And like, I just want to thank you on air because I remember when we had like five pods in and you gave me a chance and then you told me in a, in a gracious way, but like you kind of let, you were like, you were like, I don't really say yes to a lot of these because people ask me and then like two weeks later, they pod, they don't even be pod no more. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Like you stuck, <laughs> shout out to you, man. You, cause I, honestly, like all of it is, uh, you putting in the work, you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's been a ton of people with good ideas, good shows, but just, they whenever they ask for advice and I tell them like the hardest thing and it's the most boring thing is you gotta do it. Like it just it seemed like it's it seemed obviously so 
you're like, no, Rod, what's the real secret? And I'm like, I wish I could tell you some great thing. It's, you know, it's like when you talk to somebody that's like a personal trainer or something, the first thing I'll tell you is like diet and exercise, right? It's like, it's like yeah. you, you wish they told you something else. Cause it's like, well, those are the two things I don't want to do. Well, this is right. what the podcast is. You got to get up and do it every day. And uh, yeah, man, I'm proud of you, dog. It's dope. I'm glad you're still here. And uh, anytime you want me on, I always make sure to stop by. Man, that's dope. I would love to come by, back by the black guy who tips when y'all will have me when it makes sense for y'all. Absolutely. And I got an email. And I, all right, bet. And I got to hit up Karen. Like this actually, and I owe Karen an apology because I've been wanting to have her on. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Karen is clearly the, mo- the, 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 the bigger star out of you two. And so right, she makes right. me a little bit more nervous. You know what I mean? So, mm. uh, well, but she's I, also like the busiest one. So, like, uh, just shoot, shoot the email and uh, I'll schedule it. Uh, just, you know, I, I will figure it out. Okay, man, I appreciate you. Rod, yes, sir. Um, you're a friend of the show. Let's make sure to have you back. All the flowers in the world go to you. Sound man, he gonna put some air horns and some other stuff right here. You're not gonna hear it right now, Rob, but I'm telling you, it's going crazy right here. It's going bananas right now. Um, and, uh, and man, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man, thank you. Peace, man. Yo, again, I don't know what else to say, man. I gave Rod all the flowers, Rod and Karen, all the flowers I had. I don't have no flowers left. I gave, I handed them all out. Make sure you check out the Black Guy Who Tips. Make sure you check out the next season of Game Theory, which was renewed. Um, I'm really excited about just everything that Rod is doing. Um, he is hilarious. Make sure, even if, you know what, like I'm going to be on the Black Guy Who Tips sooner than later again. So you owe it to yourself to listen even just for that and we always have a really great time right um so i appreciate y'all take care of yourselves make sure you give us five stars on apple podcast till next time y'all this has been zach peace living corporate is a podcast by living corporate llc our logo was designed by david dawkins our theme music was produced by ken brown Additional music production by Antoine Franklin from Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Living Corporate is brought to you by Doximity. Doximity helps over 2 million medical professionals. We are the largest medical network that includes over 80% of physicians and over 50% of physician assistants and nurse practitioners. We don't take that responsibility lightly and committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our virtual office walls. If you want to learn more about Doximity, check out your app store at D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y. That's D-O-X-I-M-I-T-Y.